in previous podcasts I've talked about the culture of management consulting and today I want to maybe elaborate on that theme and highlight different points that people had discussed with me after I posted that podcast. It was a very popular podcast. I call it one of the most, if not the most important podcast we had put out and it generated a lot of reaction where people send me a lot of mails about, you know, please explain this more or they've raised different points. Link to this Linked to that concept of the culture of management consulting is the concept of privilege versus right. There are no, no one has a right to walk into the boardroom or the executive suite of a Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 company, sit across from an executive and talk to them about their business. No one has that right. But it, so it's a privilege to do that. It is just an enormous privilege when a client calls you up and says, you know what, we're doing this and I'd like to talk to you about some of the ideas you have and maybe pick your brain about it. And the fact that someone trusts you so much to talk about something that's clearly going to have a major impact on their share price, I mean, that alone should make you understand the impact that you're going to have on this engagement and on this company. But privilege comes with responsibility. That's why I call it privilege and power. When you have that privilege, when people are willing to call you up, you have an enormous amount of responsibility in your hands. And, you know, I was thinking about how to frame this podcast. And I recall one of my earlier engagements when I was still a sort of associate level person. Um, I remember working on a project. I had done a few projects already and I had built a good name for myself. But I was working with a new team, new partners. So they didn't really know me very well. And I would say the partner was a bit, he was a bit nervous because of the scale of the engagements. He was very concerned about things that could go wrong. I was brought in to look at one of the operations issues. Um, it was an overall operations case. I was looking at one of the ov overall operations issues. And it was quite an important issue for the chief operating officer. And I remember we were told very clearly that the chief operating officer is a really tough person. So that you know, if you're ever going to engage him, make sure you take a partner with you. And if you're ever going to, the wording was very clear on this. I remember very clear. If you're ever going to discuss work, take a, take a partner with you, take a principal. Very important so that you make sure that the context is correct. So, but that stage, I really realized that the only way to, to move ahead in my career was to take responsibility for it. And I, I really, I really did not like the idea of a chaperone. I mean, I understood that where things were going to be difficult, I should take a partner or principal with me, but where I'm just going to introduce myself to someone, I didn't need a principal or partner. So the way we normally worked on projects is that a client uh, employee would be assigned to pair up with one of the consultants so that when the consultant left, the client employee had a knowledge of what was happening. And I made, went to a lot of lengths to uh, make sure that my, um, you know, the person paired up with me was very successful. I'm sitting down with him and saying, hey, you know, what do you need to make this time you're spending with us fantastic for your career and he said well you know I joined three years ago uh, MBA and so on but I've never really been given anything of responsibility I'm hoping that through this project the chief operating officer can at least know who I am and see what I can do and I said okay what are the skills you want to learn so we, we created a whole laundry list of this and I made sure that on the project he was given that responsibility at least the ability to work on those on those kind of uh, development areas but he responded in kind way he said that look I can arrange for you to meet the chief operating officer um, through his assistant, who I know well. Um, do you want me to arrange it? And I said, yeah, that'll be a fantastic idea. My philosophy was always to meet the client. And I remember, the, I was actually surprised the chief operating officer agreed to the meeting in the first place. And I think the way the um, employer is working with Spanish is the sense that, you know, we were doing an important piece of the project. We wanted to meet you and just introduce ourselves and tell you what we're going to be doing. So 
we arrive at this um, at this huge executive suite. I mean, you had to wear a suit. You're not allowed to walk around the executive suite without a suit. I mean, those those assistants had bigger office spaces than some of the partners I knew. But anyway, we arrived there. Uh, we had to wait outside, very quiet, offered cappuccino, and then we were taken in, escorted in is the correct word. And we meet this guy with the, with the most snow white hair I've ever seen. Old man, probably about um, 70 years old, I would guess, 60, 70. Anyway, old, very stately. Takes his time, introduces himself, sits down, and then the you know the the client partner I had with me was introducing me and said you know this is X Y Z is leading this piece of the project. We w- we didn't want to discuss the project with you, but we wanted to introduce ourselves and just tell you what we're doing, and you know answer any questions you had. And it was interesting for me because this was a difficult client, right? He had a reputation for being very tough with consultants. In fact. Rumor, I'm not sure if it's true up to this day, but the rumor is that he opposed bringing in consultants for the projects, but I don't know if that's true. But the point is, we sat across the table from this guy. First project, I've only been there for about three days, so I haven't really structured my thinking or laid out a plan of attack. It was meant to be an introductory discussion. I actually told him, look, I understand that, you know, consultants in the firm is never very easy, but I want you to understand that my job is to make sure that we can help you as much as we can within the framework of why we're brought in. I promise to always be honest with you, and I would appreciate it that if any problems you had, if anything you're uncomfortable with, you call me directly, and I'll help you as much as I can. We had an interesting conversation. He asked me a few questions about some of the ideas, what we're working, how we're going to collect the data. Nothing difficult, I would say, uh, but a very polite person, to be honest. He gave us about 25 minutes. He seemed busy, and he, you know, he, he basically disappeared after that. I went back. I was happy to have met him. I'm happy that he didn't scream at me or that, you know, nothing bad happened because if something bad did happen, I'm pretty sure the partner would have been in my case about why I'd gone in. And I did tell the partner I went to see him and he was a bit shocked that I went to see him and I explained that, look, the uh, client, uh, uh, the employee uh, partnered up with, was partnered up with me, arranged it. It was just an introductory meeting. We did not discuss work. Nothing happened for, I think it was two weeks. Two weeks, nothing. I was just continued doing my analysis. The project was going well. It was quite an exciting project around um, credit card uh, uh, processing problems for a very large bank. So we were sitting there and we were discussing things. And two weeks later, I get a call saying that from the um, chief operating officer's um, assistant saying that she's looking for the... um, the um, client employee that I had partnered with said she can't get hold of him. The chief operating officer wants both of us to come across to to answer some questions about something we're doing. So I was obviously a bit nervous because two weeks in, I'd already ruffled a few feathers where some of the junior employees were not were not at all happy with the fact that we were not releasing some of the analysis we were doing. So I thought, well, this was going to be a problem. I tried calling the partner and he said, um, it's not available. Can I postpone the meeting? I said, Probably not. The most senior client is asking for this meeting, so let's go ahead. We promise not to, you know, raise anything or answer anything that we're not sure of. So I went ahead, and I I remember the CEO said, "Okay, two weeks ago you said if I if you have a problem with any of the analysis you're doing, I should raise it with you." And I said, "Yeah, that's correct." And and he said, "Okay, one of the things I'm a bit worried about is that when you're doing your analysis, you're going to ignore the way we manage our shared our our uh, shared services center." And I said. It is definitely part of the analysis, and I explained to him how I'm going to work it up, and he said, okay, um, my concern is still that you're going to incorrectly allocate the funding for the way 
we manage the shared services and I said okay fine I don't have the answer for that now but what I can do is uh, give me three days to, to, to sort out how we're actually going to do the analysis and I promise to send you feedback in terms of uh, what we're going to do. Three days went by, we, we mocked out the analysis, exactly how we're going to put this together, how we're going to cost it, and the issue here was really about transfer pricing actually, and we explained to him how we're going to do it. He said he doesn't agree with it, but he appreciates us taking the time to explain how we're going to do it. He'd like to see the outcome. Now, I would say that incident allowed us to build quite a good relationship with the chief operating officer. I mean, going forward in that in that particular engagement, we had a very good relationship. Uh, I was one of the few associates that he actually called on when he needed help, and a great relationship. Actually, in that final board meeting, I was even called in to do one of, one of the presentations around the financial analysis on how they would manage their cost centers, which was very, very successful. But I imagine the amount of responsibility that comes with having that role and I find many people when they think about a consulting career they are more excited about the glamour of doing it than thinking about the hard work that goes into putting yourself in a position where you can do that so for example to to summarize what I'm saying is that well not summarize the entire podcast but to summarize that one point is that people are excited about the impact, excited about presenting to uh, you know the, the chief operating officer and the rest of the executive team, but they fail to understand the amount of work that goes in to getting to be at the point where you can do that. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, and uh, people never understand that the most difficult thing in a, in a consulting project is not the client. The stuff, the part that got me the most worried is the Friday mornings, I arranged every Friday morning to give the partner an update. The, well, in this case, it was the principal. An update of what I was doing, you know, talk him through my logic, show him my spreadsheet, my numbers, and so on. And I'd book, he was very generous with his time. I'd give, we'd book about an hour and a half, two hours, and we'd spend Saturday, Friday morning discussing it, and I'd make sure I'd bring some, you know, croissants and make it exciting, make it interesting for him. But that was very nerve-wracking. I remember the first time he saw what I was doing, he said he didn't agree with it. Uh, the approach I'd taken was not what he had in mind, and he wanted me to rethink it. And I went back, and I really read some of the previous work we had done. I didn't like it that much, but I redesigned in a totally new way to, 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 to cost this company's operating procedures or operations. And again, he said, okay, this, it's improvement, but we're still not there yet. And the point is this. In a consulting project, the most difficult person you face is, firstly, the internal partner who's checking your work and your engagement manager to some extent, and secondly, the team meetings you have where people are going to pick on and, I won't say pick on in a negative way, but people are going to basically take away the curtain from the work you're doing and critically analyze what you're doing. It's very difficult meetings. That's what you need to go through to earn the right to advise a chief operating officer. Do you think the partner would have allowed me to have continued meeting the chief operating officer if in those update meetings he was not happy at what I was doing? I had to be on the ball. In fact, out of those meetings, I developed a whole new technique to manage meetings. You know, about how to pre-present before the pre-present, how to structure feedback. I even used to book uh, a meetings whereby I'd have two projectors in the meeting, one with my PowerPoint on one side and the other one with the model on the other side. So we'd both sit in the room, in the middle of the room, and rather than flipping ac across uh, uh, date, uh, documents on one tiny screen, on one side I'd have the PowerPoint projector, on the other side I'd have the spreadsheet projected, and we'd spend two hours just discussing it. it the point is you have got to earn the right 
to do this and to do that you've got a it's like you know taking part in the um, um, uh, Olympic Games for the um, track events you have to pass all the heats you have to win several competitions over a four-year period before you can get to compete in the Olympic Games and that's what consulting is like you have to go through all those internal meetings before you have the permission to to actually get an opportunity to build a relationship with the client and you know I always meet these senior consultants from Deloitte and I meet these associates and consultants from other firms like Bain and even engagement management they tell me they're consultants I always smile to myself they forget they're a little bit like investment bankers and the fact that investment banking associates who join Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are not investment bankers yet. They are spreadsheet jockeys. I mean, that's what they are for the first year, two years, even three years. And consultants are the same thing. For the first three, four years, you're basically learning how to be a consultant. Maybe first two years, right? Consulting is a moves at a much more faster pace than investment banking. You're learning how to think and how to organize yourself. You're not really a consultant yet. You're learning how you're an apprentice, for lack of a better word. And it's important that you understand that point and spend the first two, three years focusing on learning the basics. Because let me tell you something. When you're a manager and you haven't picked up a basic skill and you're meant to guide someone in house on how to do it, it's impossible to learn it on the spot. So the final point you have to understand is that the way you develop your skills. Initially, it's all technical. Then you learn how to manage yourself on a project. Then you learn how to guide others on a project. Then you learn how to manage a project. Then you learn how to manage people managing a project at a client. Then you learn how to manage client issues. That's the level of development in management consulting. But the key point in this podcast is that you must understand that while consulting is a glamorous career, and I would say that it's probably the, I would never, if I had to go back in time, I would not have changed the career I had taken. I mean, the path I took was correct. I enjoyed it. I don't think there's any career like it. But when you read what consultants do, focus more on the amount of effort that is required to get them to play at that level. I mean, athletes train. Consultants need to do mental arithmetic and mental training. And it's intense. You know for a fact that many people are managed out. The industry never publishes the figures, but the number is really high. You know for a fact many people suffer from burnout. Many people get there and they just can't make it. We place people, quite a few of them come back and say, hey, Michael, I'm really struggling. How do I you know, manage the transition of the next six months to a year? It's tough. But you must understand that while the privilege of being a management consultant is obviously alluring and is glamorous, you have to think about the work required to get there, and it's intense. And what I find is a lot of people say they want to be a consultant, but they're just ignoring the amount of work that is required to get there. And even if they can get into a consulting firm, they're ignoring the amount of work that is required to be one of the privileged few that has the year of an executive officer. And I would say when, when, when I was there, and even today when I look at consulting firms, not many associates or you know, MBA-level people, they have access, but do they have the respect of an executive-level member? Few. So getting there is a lot of work and you need to focus more on the amount of work you have to do to be to join a consulting firm and then once you get into a consulting firm there's no use joining and then having to be managed out six months later think about how much work you'd have to be do to be a successful management consultant if you're willing to do that work consulting is for you if not you're going to be setting yourself up for a lot of pain you know it takes a lot to be a successful management consultant to earn the right to earn the privilege it's not a right to earn the privilege to be in that chair and advising someone. It's just so much work that comes before it. And you have to be comfortable with putting into with, with doing that amount of work. If you I've mentioned this before, but I think that if you really want to understand management consulting, 
and you are I think really disciplined about wanting to go through this. You should have a look at our new book that's coming out. Succeeding as a Management Consulting is being released as a interactive book uh, set in the retail banking sector in Africa. It really takes you through a consulting engagement in a much more detailed way than our previous book. It's almost as if you're playing a game here where you're a management consultant and you're going through the tasks. The point is this, when thinking about management consulting, don't just look at the glamour, look at the work required to live that lifestyle, and it is intense. If you can make if you can make the commitment to go through that kind of training and you can make the commitment to live that kind of lifestyle, then I think the rewards are spectacular for anyone who wants to go down that route. But always when you think about the privilege of being a management consultant, look at the amount of effort you have to put in and think about the responsibility that comes with that.